0: You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast. Here are your hosts, Al Powder and Maddie B. All
1: right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 256. As always, presented by studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on at studentunionsports.com. From all the daily blogs to the podcasts and everything else in between. Al Nahegan here. Maddie Burnett here. No talk Powder Cadmus tonight. Hi, Maddie. Uh, No powder Hi powder Hi Maddie Wow uh, <laughs> I'm not as handsome as powder Exactly You got You got a ways to catch up to powder's uh we Level know. Level of uh, appealness We'll just say oh, God. Yeah. Rachel's a lucky lady She is <laughs> Uh, So it's just It's me and Maddie tonight Some things went down There was uh, There were a couple big things that went down Some words that were said And we're gonna We're gonna get into all of that So Maddie I Unless there's anything that you want to bring bring up to open up the show, I think we can just kind of dive right in. Let's see. Anything I want to bring up? Um I I, my girlfriend's no. kicking me, so no. You <laughs> know, no powder has not uh, made a decision about you to the wedding yet. He has not I decided forgotten about that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't decided yet. So we will uh I'm gonna know on. he hasn't
0: decided yet.
1: Powder and I talk all the time. Uh-huh. I know what he's. I know what he's thinking, and I know exactly what he's planning too. Okay, you'll find out.
0: Oh God. Okay.
1: Anyways, all right. Let's get into it. This I was got
0: nothing, all seriousness.
1: I got nothing other than hi, Al. Hi, Maddie. So we'll talk about this. This is the biggest thing to happen in New England Patriots history for the first time in almost twenty-five years. There is a new head coach at the helm. It is Gerard Mayo. No interviews for the Patriots, for outside candidates. There were some names that were thrown around. Mike Grable being the biggest one after being let go by the uh, let go of by the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh is another name that's out there. He's already interviewed with a couple of teams. And then there were some dark horse candidates like Brian Flores and stuff like that. But Gerard Mayo's the guy, and we found out that in Mayo's contract, it said that Mayo was going to take over the team. He was going to be the successor for Bill Belichick. Once Belichick was gone, sure enough, Belichick gets let go. Less than 24 hours later, Mayo's the head coach. Mayo had his press conference today. So, as we're recording, we're recording on Wednesday, January 17th, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And 2024. 2024. 2024. 2024 Got to make sure. The year is important because it's new year, new times. And Again, the press conference happened earlier in the afternoon with Robert Kraft and Gerard Mayo. But before we get into the actual press conference, opening take, this was the move that I think we all anticipated was going to happen. This is the move that I most likely thought was going to happen. I wanted Ben Johnson from Detroit, but I knew that probably was not going to be in the realm of possibility. But you know what? You pick the right guy for the job. You pick someone that's been a patriot, that's one gear before. He's been on the coaching staff. He's smart. He's dedicated. He knows how to win. And you know what? People need to actually give Rob, Robert... People actually need to give Gerard Mayo a chance before they can be like, wow, he's a bad coach. He hasn't even coached the game yet. He hasn't even helped with the draft process yet or helped with free agency yet. He's done nothing yet. He literally got introduced on Wednesday, January 17th. So again, let's cool it with like the Phil Perrys of the world. Again, I'm going to say it like... Like, so much. he doesn't pick a quarterback, he's going to get fired. Dude, can you let the dust settle first? Like, like, a little bit of self-awareness would be great in that situation. But again, I think this was the right move. I think players are going to get behind this. And I really think, Maddie, that Mayo's going to be a coach that free agents are going to be attracted to coming to to play in New England. So we were wondering before, what's going to be the appeal now that Belichick's gone and the fact that New England's stunk the past two years? I think Mayo can be that calling card if he plays his cards right. So... That's just my take to kind of open it up, Maddie. Your opening thoughts on the Patriots, standing, Gerard Mayo, the fifteenth head coach in Patriots history.
0: Um, all right. So I'll start by saying the three of us last week, you know, went zero for three. My God, uh, we were even swinging a mess with what we said about Belichick last week. Did not see that coming. The next, I think it was like the next day after we recorded, uh, not even twenty four hours. Not even twenty four hours. Well, we all woke up to the news that it was happening. That the noon press conference happened where they uh, mutually parted ways. Slash. Bill Belichick reminded everyone that we had Tim Tebow one, once upon a time. Uh, that was a good line. I love that line. That was a great line. And then today with Mayo, uh, first thing he says is, wow, that's a lot of cameras. I'm like, all right, the cameras not happening. It's like ever since Spygator, cameras just not a thing anymore in New England. Like, what's going on here? Um, from what I saw about the press conference, I mean, this is a great move. Um, I'm ready to run through a wall after hearing what Mayo had to say today. I'm excited for the future. I'm way more excited than I was um, a week ago. Way more excited now. Um, I agree with you, too. This is going to be a free agent destination, I think. I think now that Belichick's gone, come play with the new guy. Come play with the young new guy who gets who gets it, by the way. He's not going to be stuck in his old ways of, er, defense wins championships, er, me Bill <laughs> Belichick me don't want to. Adapt to today NFL, like no, like, like good. Good luck to whoever
1: gets him, because they're gonna
0: stink with Belichick. I think. I don't
1: think so. Let me depends but, on depends on where he goes, but and we'll talk uh, about that. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. We'll we'll kind of tease. Let's tease that for now. Let's table that for now. Let's let's stick yeah. with Mayo for yeah, where now.
0: I got you. Let me. I'm excited. It's an exciting. It's it's first time we can say this out in like two years. Even though they're probably not gonna be that great again next year. It's still an exciting time. We got a new head coach. He's doing interviews to, for a defensive coordinator, which is exciting. We haven't had that in a long time, and a special teams coordinator, which means bye Cam Acord. bye Joe. Johnson. I was so happy to hear that.
1: Smell you later. Like go go screw up another team. Now let me let me let me ask you a question real quick, Maddie. And this is something that I just thought about. Are we that happy that Gerard Mayo is the guy? Or are we just more happy of the fact that Bill Belichick is finally out the door? Because I feel like, I feel like when you put it that way, it's a combination of both, right? It's the excitement of Gerard Mayo because there are some quotes that I want to talk about with Gerard Mayo in a minute or two. But I think a lot of us, me and you included, we're, excuse me, we're so ready for a new direction that I, I don't know, and maybe I'm I'm speculating too much here, but I feel like because Belichick's gone, it's like the weight has been lifted. It's like, okay, now we can officially move in a new era, move in a different direction. And Gerard Mayo just so happened to be the guy that Robert Kraft loved and the Patriots organization loved, and that's why he's here. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like it's a little bit of both, but I would lean more towards if you could say it was going to be the guy. I think it's a little bit of
0: both, but I'm actually going to the other way where oh, – because well, this team going nowhere with him, at that, with him in control of the Patriots. They were going to go nowhere. So if he was going to be around for another season, it would have been another season of mediocrity. Below that would have been another season of below poverty line football, and we would all be saying the same thing: of why is he still here? This this is it was. I'm happy he's gone. I'm excited for the future. I'm happy it's Mayo. I was on uh, the variable train. Uh, I was too. Maybe, maybe, maybe and Ben Johnson. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I I saw a funny. I saw like a thing where it's like. Know, what if Patriots brought in Vrabel to be the GM? That would be something. But um, I'm excited for the future. Like I said, it's it's exciting to be a Patriots fan once again. You got we got free agency coming up in a couple months. We got the draft coming up with the number three pick that we're probably not going to trade away for the first time in a long. Time. I'm not. Kidding, I know last year well, we actually traded down last year. First time since what? I don't even know the last time we kept a first round pick. We might actually do that now with Belichick gone. I now this is exciting
1: it is exciting this is and what's like to be a fan of a bad football team interesting <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's ex- you know what's funny too i actually just found a quote and i found it from mike Cadlick, who works at weei this was from julian edelman who was on who was on uh yeah, yeah. Falling cowards show heard with uh coward and this is what edelman said about gerard mayo he said quote gerard was an instant from the day i met him a leader Smartest guy on the defensive side of the ball, X's and O's. The guy knew everything. He was always in the film room. If Gerard said it, he knew it was right. That's the kind of guy Gerard is. I'm really excited for his opportunity. And keep in mind, Julian Edelman is one of the biggest Bill Belichick supporters in the world. You always hear how much, Be- how much Julian Edelman talks up Belichick. Yeah. And for him to have that kind of praise, I mean, you saw the social media reactions too from, again, we talked about it last week a little bit. Guys like Christian Gonzalez, Marcus Jones, um, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, and others. But they were excited to see that Mayo is going to be the guy in yeah. New England. They were excited to see that, hey, you know, Gerard looks like he's going to be the guy here. And even and Gerard had an interview earlier today and was asked about the Patriots having the number three overall pick of the draft. So he said, we're going to draft the best player for a position that's very important. You put the pieces together. So, Jerron Mayo is very aware of the situation. He knows the Patriots have a top three draft pick. He knows the Patriots have a lot of money in cap space for free agency. They And he even said with the offensive side of the ball, we need leaders on that side of the ball. And one thing, Maddie, that I loved about this Mayo press conference, and he took an impromptu shot at Belichick, which I don't think Mayo meant to do, but he was like, you know, I care about Titans. Like, I care about titles on the outside. That's a good thing, because like you brought up a couple minutes ago, they're interviewing for a defensive coordinator. They're interviewing for a special teams coordinator. And honestly, would not surprise me in the next couple of weeks if Bill O'Brien's gone, which I don't think he should be gone, but whatever, I wouldn't surprise me if Bill O'Brien was gone and Mayo's like, we're going to interview for offensive coordinator now too. And that's something that we were waiting for for years with Belichick, because after, I think it was really Maddie, and correct me if I'm wrong, After that 2018 Super Bowl win to get the sixth rank, after that, when Brian Flores left, that's when this like no titles thing really started to come up on the surface because you didn't have a defensive coordinator for a couple of years. Offensive coordinator was de facto in 2022 after Josh McDaniels left. So it's nice to see a head coach be like, you know what? Yep, there's going to be titles, but everyone's got to be ready to coach. It's nice to see. And you know what? Gerard Mayo actually answering questions thoroughly, authentically, and honestly without It was weird to hear that from a head coach like like, answering a question. It was so nice. It was so refreshing. And again, it's not to knock Bill Belichick for his success. What he did for 20 plus years for the Patriots was very successful. And Brady, it's always going to be that, in my opinion, they were together. One needed the other. But again- last couple of years, it's like, all right, Bill, like we get it. You, you know, you've been this way, but you're starting to lose now. You're not starting to win all the time. You're not going 12 or anymore or 13 and three or whatever. And winning cheers, everything it's you're losing. You need to answer tough questions and you just do the same thing. We're just focused on the Jets. We're just focused on the Bengals. We're just focused on, you know, the the next game. All the season just ended. Yeah. Like, like I, I was, I know you were tired of it. Yep, I was I was getting tired of it. But now we don't have to worry about that because I think Gerard Mayo is going to be a leader. And he said he wants to... He said one thing about his coaches that he really likes, and it's another quote I really loved. He said that before the X's and O's come into play, the coaches have to care about the players as people. That's the generation. So Gerard Mayo understands what this generation is all about. And that's what you need... You need someone that's going to understand how to relate to the human. Because that's one thing about Belichick. Belichick's 72 years old. He's extremely old school. So how do you think, how did did we think he was going to react to players like Jack Jones when he was a part of the Patriots? How was he going to relate to guys like Christian Gonzalez and stuff like that? How? But now you have a guy that I think can do that. Not that he's going to be buddy-buddy with them, but he'll be able to connect on a personal level with these players. And that's something that this Patriots team has needed. So again, I love the press conference from Mayo's point of view, but Robert Kraft, I have a question or two about. But I want to hear if you have any closing thoughts about Mayo's side of the press conference. Um, I like I
0: liked what Mayo had to say. Um, he was very open. Um, the one thing where I was like, oh, that that that's a thing, but not like a bad that's a thing. It's just like oh, I right. didn't even think of that. The whole um, I see color. Uh, thing that he said today like the stereotype the stereotype for boston is that we're racist and we don't see racism and we accept it and all that where like it seems like mayo it's like there's gonna be a problem like that in the locker room which there will be but if something like that happens like or if another major event happens seems like mayo is gonna take the time to talk to his team as a whole and make sure, like like you said, I'll actually get to know these guys. Make sure, like, their physical health is good, their mental health is good. Um, it's a new direction. It's it's it, it again. It's the one word I keep saying. It's, it's exciting. Like, yeah, we have a head coach that wants to like talk and not only talk, but like give like perspective and like actually cares about titles. And then from a fan uh, standpoint, the rookies might actually get their jerseys, but before the first preseason game. I know. Like, for jersey collectors like me, that's exciting. I might get to know a number, whoever the heck we draft is going to be, like, before
1: August. I might be able to go to training camp with a rookie jersey. Yeah, that would be kind of cool for you because I know you're a big, uh, again, a big jersey type of guy. But I want to kind of shift. that. One other thing, too, about
0: about the Holy Journey number thing. That actually affects the younger players. They want to know what number they are, so they can get all their families' jerseys and merch and everything. They want to know. They want to merch out their families. But again, like guys like Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, have to wait till the beginning of the season to do that. When they should be focused on getting ready
1: for the beginning of the season. Right. Exactly. Which again, a small thing, but still a significant thing, nonetheless. Especially on the younger players, like it's a significant thing. It is. So. Robert Kraft was asked a couple questions today. He was asked about the offensive coordinator position. He was asked about the GM position. And one thing that I didn't like, he kind of deflected the questions. He kind of deflected them in a way that brought it back to Gerard Mayo, which I, in a way I understand because it's his day. He's taking over the Patriots. Like It's an important day for him and his family. But these are legitimate questions. I mean, Mike Reese had the first question. He asked Kraft, You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you have to submit a draft card. You guys got to sign players. Who's making those calls? And basically, Kraft kind of gave you a a roundabout answer that was basically, well, we're taking a look at everyone internally first, because I care about the people we have internally first, and then we'll, you know, extend invitations for interviews to external candidates. And I'm saying to myself, no, you're not. You're just going to assign either Elliot Wolf, who I think is fine if he gets the job, by the way, or back row, who I do not want getting the job, just FYI. But you're gonna you're I'm just, right there with you. you're just gonna promote internally. And that's if you want to do that, that's fine. I'd rather you just be candid and honest to be like, we're not gonna pursue outside opportunities. We're gonna keep it in house. And then if we need to add later on, maybe we let we add later on. But I think crap, like I think his opening take about Gerard Mayo was very sincere and honest. And I and I love that kind of stuff. But I think just ducking those questions that he's going to be continuously asked for the next couple months is is ludicrous. Just answer them. Like, how hard is it to say yes or no? Like, why why
0: was his answer today? Oh, today's about Gerard. I don't want to talk about it. What if Gerard gets asked about it? And what's Gerard going to say?
1: It's literally part of the job. That's the whole thing. And do you really want to put this much more pressure on Gerard Mayo? Do you really want to do that? And again, yes, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. There were players there today that were at this press conference. Mac Jones was at this press conference. Joe Cardona was at this press conference. Players are excited about this. But they want to know if the court was there. He was with the team. And exactly. He even asked a, Gerard a question, which was great. But again, what direction is this team going to go? in? the players on the team want to know. So that's
0: and I, like, I feel like this is a situation to bounce off that. They don't they probably have no they probably have no
1: clue. They probably don't know yet. They don't. And that's part of the problem. Get a GM in here. If you really want to go in a new era, do yourself a favor. Get a guy that you like, someone that you've worked with before, someone that's been in the past. Because if you're gonna let Gerard Mayo try to bring in his own defensive coordinator, his own special teams coordinator, maybe his own offensive coordinator, etc. Why not bring in a GM that he's gonna get along with and be able to actually Productive with and make moves with. That's that's my whole thing. Exactly. exactly. I don't know, but again, the Mayo hiring is a great hire for right now. Now, if he goes three and fourteen with this team, like they did pretty much this year, then we might be having a different conversation this time next year. All right, Phil Perry. All right. Relax. I'm just I'm just saying. All right, Phil Perry. All right, <laughs> talk current. Relax. All right, weei. But right now, I'm very happy with it. And I want to give him a chance. I want to see what he can do. And I want to see the vision that he has for this Patriots team. And the thing is, too,
0: the vision's not going to come full circle year one. I think I think Patriots fans need to accept that now. If the Patriots next year win six games, better than last year. Not great, but still better than last year. It's an improvement. That's right. Exactly. It's like, we're not going to be right back to Super Bowl contenders next year. It's not happening. No. Absolutely not. But if they can improve, which, I mean, freaking not hard to do that after what happened this year, then that's good. Uh, One thing about Kraft I just want to mention quickly, Robert Kraft, he should not be speaking anymore. It takes him 10 minutes to answer a simple question now. He is so slow in talking, and it's just so long-winded.
1: It's like, dude, why can't you just have your son do the talking for you? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Jonathan Kraft was not present for this uh, press conference today. Jonathan Kraft had to take care of something for Kraft groups, which I found to be very interesting. But again, I don't want to say, I'm not going to read
0: much into that. You know, the Krafts, they don't know what, they don't know how to do this shit. They haven't had to do it in 20 years.
1: (laughs) True. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to, you know, do any of that. I get that. Mm -hmm. But here again, here is my, here's my thinking on this. My thinking is, hire the GM, you got the head coach, and then get to work. Map out your targets that you want in free agency. Start thinking about who you're going to take at number three. And don't you dinner trade that pick. I said this on my other podcast, Tuck Rule Takes. The only trade that I would do for number three is if I call Minnesota and I say, listen, you're not signing Justin Jefferson long term. We'll give you number three and you can either get your quarterback or you can get another receiver. Like that's the only way I would give up number three. I'd be like, okay, there's your number one receiver. Or get a quarterback. Or a quarterback. You could get a quarterback. but I think you can get one in the second round, too. But I would want a first round quarterback. I know. it's It'd be a reach. It would be a reach. But.
0: <laughs> or I'm going to say it, too. Don't draft the, either of the tackles that are at the top of the draft board. Don't do it. They're great. They're not worth number, number three pick, though. Do not draft Joel. Do not draft Olu from Penn State. Don't. No. No. It, it, it's down to four players for the number three pick, in my opinion. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr. Those are your the, the, that, That's the four you should be considering right there. Yep. Those are the only four. If you're considering anyone else, you suck.
1: <laughs> you suck.
0: Uh, but you suck at drafting if you can't recognize that that's the top, in my opinion, the top four players that should be considered in the first three spots. And who knows what what what's uh, what what what's going what the bears are doing with considering who they're looking at for offensive quarter, who knows what the hell's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. yeah, that we also don't know what the Bears are gonna be thinking. They could go a couple different directions. They could go offensive line, they could go quarterback and Gail Williams, they could go Marvin Harrison Jr. to get a weapon for Justin Fields. like, they Mar- like best case scenario, they think Marvin Harrison Jr. won. It's just like, all right,
0: sweet, we can move
1: on now. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, we got our pick of the litter here. As long as, you know, whoever we want doesn't go to Washington at two, then we can, we can pick whoever we want for, you know, for three. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm kind of going with this. Where I'm at. So again, Gerard Mayo, good hire. Need to bring in the GM. One other small thing, uh, Patriots potentially talking about a contract extension with Kendrick Bourne. I am all for that. Yes, please. I think that's a great idea. Yes, please. Yes, exactly. He yes, wants please. to. He wants to be here. Keep him here. Sign him, and then you can either sign a guy like T. Higgins in free agency, or if you want to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and sign a quarterback in free agency, then you can do that route. I don't care what it takes. Just make a make a good signing and make a good draft pick. There's receivers in round two to take
0: as well. Just saying. Exactly. I know. I think one of them I mentioned last week is went back to Ohio State, but still plenty to pick from. Plenty. Absolutely plenty. Like this draft is stacked with offensive weapons. So it is. Like if you go defense at three, again, you suck. Tough chickens get get fired.
1: Tough chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man, Maddie. Again, the one
0: time powder's not here. Look what happens. You're just on and have awesome.
1: apart without him. It really does. Okay, so. I think yeah, I think we both can agree. Kendrick Bourne, bring him back, give yes, him, yes. Just give him a, give him a two year deal. Just give him another two year deal, and let's then give him three. Screw yes, let's give him three. No, that's too, that's too long. Three, three with a third year option. Let's give him five. Okay, now you're yes. talking crazy. All right, uh, one other football thing to talk about. Then I do have a Red Sox thing I want to bring up, and we got a Celtics thing at the end. So former Patriots head coach. That's doesn't it feel still a little bit weird to say. Feels great, but it's still weird. Feels great. <laughs> Former Patriots head coach Bill Belichick has completed an interview with the Atlanta Falcons. The Los Angeles Chargers could be in play. I'm just going to ask you this, Maddie. I'm
0: on a boat
1: and it's going. Yeah, he, he, he apparently was on a boat with Arthur Blank. So <laughs> Falcons, Chargers, obviously the Cowboys have been thrown into the mix as well because they got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs again by the Green Bay Packers. And well. They- Mike McCarthy has one more year left on his deal, but people are saying that he could get fired. So where, if you had to, and I know you don't, but let's just say in this situation you do, let's say you had to put a $50 bet on where you think Belichick would end up. Where do you think he ends up if you had to pick? Atlanta. You think he's going to want to take a little bit of a project? hmm
0: Well, Belichick um, has, has been quoted saying he wants to go to a team that has talent and has underachieved. All right, Atlanta—they got talent. They—they—they they, they underachieve like crazy. Uh, the Cowboys exist, uh, but the problem is, you know, we don't know what the deal with with Mike McCarthy is. Um, I, you know, Eagles obviously. I know Seriani supposedly has lo- lost the locker room, so you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Chargers—if they talk to him, obviously. Um, and I have one other sleeper team. That's uh, that's that's scary to think about. But they're not—they're not underachieving. So. Who's that? Kansas City. If Andy Reid retires, you don't think if Belichick's available, they're going to call him up and say, hey, Bill, want to become the Kansas City Chief? Get yourself a couple more Super Bowls. Not only
1: break Don Shula's record, but shatter it because he absolutely will with that team. That is something that I did not think of, and you know what? That would be that would be literally the evil of Go oh, I'll fucking
0: Just think about it for a second and then cry. That's what I did. <laughs> so
1: you have Darth Vader and Kermit the Frog in a room. Together, Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh god, I want to puke thinking about that. All right, all right, all right. All right. It it
0: supposedly like even though Reed has denied it in his press like uh Bruce Garvin just after the game, like Florio reported and like again, I know Florio sometimes yeah, Florio.
1: Like Gloria said, yeah, he's thinking about it. Where do I think he ends up? I think he ends up with the. I think he ends up with the Cowboys. I think Jerry Jones wants to make it happen. But then, where do I? Where should he end up? I think he should go to the Chargers. I do. I think they have talent. They have a good defense. I know they're playing in the AFC West. I understand that. But Belichick can have a ready quarterback. He can have a ready offense. He can have a pretty good defense. So I don't know. That's just that's my thoughts. But again.
0: And I mean, Atlanta is like, they are a quarterback away from like actually competing in the, the crappy division that is the NFC South. But still, they are a quarterback away from like actually being a com- somewhat competitive team now. They are. They are. A lot of teams, especially, especially that's they take a wide receiver round one. And then if I'll say like, oh, next falls to them in round two, shit. <laughs> like that, that Tampa's got competition basically.
1: Oh, boy. All right. You good? I'm great. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, All right. Let's go in a little bit of a different direction. Let's talk about the Boston Red Sox. And I promised Maddie that I would not just say the Red Sox suck and blah, blah, blah. And I, I intend to keep that promise. What I didn't promise is that I would stop criticizing the front office. I did not promise that. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do in this little segment. So Pete Abraham, who writes for the Boston Globe, had a little interview, a little sit down with um I almost said Heim Bloom. Oh my goodness. Uh Craig Breslin. Oh, don't, don't don't trigger all of us now. Come on. I mean, listen, Heim's with the Cardinals now. He's all happy.
0: We have to we have to look at you. That's triggering enough.
1: That's it's very mean and unnecessary. But anyways. Uh, truth hurts. Yeah, true. By Lizzo. Yeah. Just like your beard's ugly. So with the nice Pete day. Abraham, you're welcome, son. Just like, so Pete Abraham talked to Craig Breslow on Tuesday and he asked Craig Breslow if Breslow still believed that ownership was committed to competing at a high level. Now the quote's a little lengthy, but I'm going to read it and I want to break it down. So here's, here was Craig Breslow's response to Abraham's question of, Do does he think ownership still wants to compete at a high level? Well, that's a fair question. As I've gotten to know this organization better through the conversations I've had with ownership, they absolutely are still supportive of assembling a World Series team as quickly as we possibly can. But I think the reality is that it's going to require a step forward from the young position players. It's going to require the build-out of a talent pipeline of arms that we can acquire, redraft, and redevelop internally. And it's going to requ- excuse me require Aggressive player development in the minor leagues and the major leagues. So guys that we think are the next wave, Meyer and Anthony and Teal, that group, are not just big leaguers, but impact big leaguers. The convergence of all these pieces is the fastest path to a World Series team. We want to build this thing in a way that there's not just quality once in a while, there's quality paired with consistency, end quote. So what you're basically saying is, is this is just going to be another bridge year and it's going to continue to be bridge years until... Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, and Kyle Teal are ready to make an impact at the major league level. That's what you're telling me. And you're telling me going into the regular season, your rotation is going to consist of Brian Bayo, Lucas Giolito, Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck, and then some like some mosh posh of of starters potentially for a fifth rotation spot. But again, this falls back on ownership. After they let go of Mookie Betts, they basically said, we're punting on the next couple of years. So when they got to the ALCS... Hell of a fun. It's been quite some time now. But the thing is, they got to the ALCS in 2021. So when you get to the ALCS in 2021, if you're ownership, don't you say, you know what? We have a chance to win here. Like, build we, off of that. I don't get why they didn't do that. <laughs> we were literally a Nate, Nathan Evaldi, Laz Diaz, overturned strike call away from potentially going to the World Series against the Braves that year. Like, if that gets called strike three and the Red Sox win that game, they have a chance of winning that series and closing the Astros out in five or six. But then the rest happened, and everyone knows what happened next.
0: You know, the MLB had to make sure that their precious Astros got to the World Series.
1: Yes, they did. Regardless, why are you continuing to make prices for tickets the absolute worst in baseball, and By absolute worst, I mean making them the highest prices to go watch to go watch a potential sixty five to seventy win team hmm. that's not even going to come close to, no. to but, Oh
0: My God, I want to go to Fenway. I want to go to Fenway with you and powder this summer. You know? Like get a couple, get a couple beers going, and it's like have a good time. But it's like if it, to do that now. I mean, beers alone are goddamn twenty dollars at Fenway. Now, now you now you got to pay an extra. 60 to go watch them for
1: half weight, half decent seats. Like, no. The crazy thing to me is, so I'm looking at this via draftings. Do you want to know what the regular season win total is for the Red Sox this year? And you're not going to believe it. What do we got? 80 and a half.
0: That's too high.
1: <laughs> that is what? Well, here's the thing, right? The Red Sox quite, way too high the Red Sox finished like 77 and like 85 last year or something like that right around like 79 83 right around that area so they think 80 is the perfect number again you need everything to go right just to go 500 they proved that last year mm. but again I'm not going to talk about the team the ownership is really continuing to let this team down operating like a small market if you operate like a small market, if you operate like the Rays or the Athletics or the Diamondbacks before they became good. The Royals. The Royals. But but they're even, a perfect definition but, of a small market team that got They one. still spent money. They still spent money this offseason. They went out and got Seth Lugo. They went out and made a couple of signings. They went but out they're and- They're still going to be shitty because <laughs> we are the Royals. But at least they're showing they're trying to win. What is ownership showing you? You signed Lucas Giolito. That's what our ownership is doing. They're trying to lose. You signed Lucas Giolito. They're of it. They are. You signed Lucas Giolito to this two-year deal, which realistically is going to be a one-year deal if he does well because then he'll opt out and get a big contract in free agency. Mm -hmm. So, again, why are you still operating the way that you do if you're going to get menial results? And, by the way, credit to, to Red Sox ownership. 'Cause Tom Warner, uh, Sam Kennedy, John Henry, and Al, uh, Craig Breslow and Alex Cora are all gonna talk before winter weekend at a Friday press conference. And I'm sitting there saying, You guys are cowards. You're doing it at your convenience. I know we give Robert Kraft and the Patriots a lot of a hard time, Maddie, but the Red Sox are the kings of cowardness. Oh, they're absolute cowards. Like like is it like winter weekends, what? This weekend, right?
0: Why don't you talk there to your fans, to the people who will be going to your ballpark to watch your team play? Talk to them. Don't talk to the media. The media talk to you every goddamn day. Like, talk to your fans. Address your fans. Don't be a coward and not go just because you don't want to get booed out of the building. Exactly. It's your own damn fault that that your fan base is this pissed off because you are showing... Zero effort, no effort, in trying to get
1: better. None. None. Um, no, know. no, they're literally showing no effort.
0: It is what it is. What it is. Red Sox, you're gonna suck. Patriots, who the hell knows what's gonna happen? At least they have. At least they they have an exciting future. And the Red Sox future is all right. Uh. Guess we'll have to raise the prices even more here at Fenway to get people to come. Like, no, the more you raise your prices, the less people are going to be able to not even not want to go. Some people can't freaking afford. I can't afford to go to Fenway. I can't. I know. If, my girlfriend, if me and my girlfriend went, that's easily a $200 a day right
1: there. At this point. Of all the crap I'd have to buy her. And yeah. At this point, in terms of excitedness and everything else with Boston sports it's Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox. In that order. Any other order, you are fooling yourself. In, <laughs> I, I know, but I'm talking just the four Boston teams. I yeah, no, I, I. That's honest. you're honestly spot on. You are. What other order could it be? Because the Celtics are the team that have the best chance of winning a best championship chance, right man. now. The Bruins, I know you don't like the Bruins, but they're a fringe playoff team that if they make the playoffs, maybe they win a playoff round. Great. The Patriots... Yes. Yeah, I mean, like I'll, you keep going. I was just gonna say, the Patriots—you have all the excitement of Gerard Mayo being the coach and mm-hmm. the number three overall pick and eighty million dollars or whatever it is in free agency to spend. That the Red Sox have a below-average product, the worst yeah. of the four major sports.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna. cease to be annoying. I'll do. It's like the Celtics are number one way up here. Yep. Bruins, I would say, because everyone thought they're not going to be as good, but they're still pretty damn good. They're like right below the Celtics. They are. Yeah. And you come down here. I'd say the Patriots are about here. Yeah. And then, and then down here, just to be annoying, I'm going to put the Revolution.
1: And then at the very bottom are the Red Sox. Can I, can I make, can I make uh, some, some tweaks to that list? What that? So Celtics and Bruins, then a little bit of a gap, then the Patriots, then five feet of shit. Then the New England Revolution, who are not shitty. Then 50 beat of shit. Yeah, and exactly. the Reds, And then there's the Reds. Exactly. There's nothing exciting for the Red Sox. No, not at all. They are a team that is not going to be fun to watch. The only person that's going to be fun to watch is Rafael Devers, because he's always fun to watch. But regardless, there's nobody else on that team that you are excited about, and you have a division that is... Really, really difficult to compete in. Very competitive division that the Yankees and Orioles are probably going to be fighting for. The Blue Jays are still powerhouse offensively. And the Rays are the Rays. They know how to win. And then there's the there's the Red Sox. So again, ownership needs to figure something out because what they're doing isn't working. And it's just proving that we're heading for another, we're heading for another bridge year and probably another one after this year. Yeah. And then when twenty twenty six comes and Everyone's like, okay, this is the year. They're gonna be like, nope, another bridge year. Oh, no, another bridge, another oh, no, bridge, another bridge, another bridge, no, bridge. Just John right, sorry, once John right, when right. John Henry sells this team, it's gonna be better than Bill Belichick leaving. Way better. Way, way better. It's gonna be a feeling of euphoria around the streets of Boston, especially for the diehard Red Sox fans. I feel bad for a guy. I feel bad for a guy like Jared Carabas who has to to cover this team for a living. Like, I feel, I bad, don't about feel bad about her. I don't
0: bad about He's getting paid to do something that a lot of people wish they could do.
1: He is, but I'm saying, like, to have to cover this team. Like, if he was covering, like, the Braves or something like that, it's like, okay, like, they're good every year. They have a chance to win the World Series. Even the Dodgers, with all the stuff they got, with Otani signing and Yamamoto signing and everything else. But, again, this Red Sox team's never going to be any good ever again with the way that they're operating and with John Henry behind the wheel. Sell the team. Sell the tea. Anything else on the Red Sox, Matty, before we do our ad read? I think and then we're good
0: now. I think focus. we covered
1: it. All right. real we'll next week when we complain more. Exactly. All right, real quick, shout out to our sponsor, A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Burgers. Whether you are wanting to go to the game or you just want to get that game type of atmosphere, make sure to check out A&B Burgers in Beverly, Mass. And Boston, Mass. They have everything from locally crafted beers to their signature meals, such as chicken pot pie, eggplant, parm, and everything else that you can think of. You can also get the atmosphere of the game by making sure that you go to the place in Boston that is right near the garden and it's so loud that you can hear the roar of the crowd when the Bruins score a goal or the Celtics make a big basket. Make sure to check out A&B Kitchen and Bar A&B Burgers and make sure that the Legends-Lingo Boys send you. And shout out to A&B Kitchen and Bar A&B Burgers. All right, one little Celtics thing to kind of talk about, then we'll kind of wrap up for the week. The Celtics are currently 19 0 as we're recording. They play the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night, assuming they win that game. They're going to be 20 0 at home. The world champion Denver Nuggets come to town. And Maddie, I'm going to ask you something. Is this the game that the Celtics finally lose at home?
0: I say yes. And because not because uh, I think Denver's better, I think it's just simply because. Porzingis is hurt for the millionth time. Derek White's not playing uh, tonight. Uh, you don't know what the health is going to be. You're going up against uh, Murray and Jokic and all of them who are pretty damn good. Um, and plus, also, I'd rather them lose now to the Nuggets instead of, like, in like June to the Nuggets.
1: You know who I think, truthfully, is... So I think the Celtics are going to beat the Nuggets because they've always matched up well with the Nuggets. And I think if Porzingis is healthy... I think that combination of Porzingis and Horford to cover Joker is great. Well, it's impossible to cover Joker. It's impossible. Let me put it this way: try to contain him anyway.
0: Embiid couldn't even do it last. Well, Embiid actually kind of did it last time. He's the only one.
1: You can you can neutralize him. That's the thing. You can he if he gets his thirty, whatever. But don't let Jamal Murray and all these other guys go off. That's exactly. that's yeah, exactly. Thing. I think the Celtics lose their first home game. I'm going to make a bowl prediction. On January 29th, when they play on a Monday night against the New Orleans Pelicans, that's my prediction for their first home loss. I got it against the Clippers. I'll do. I'll one up you. I'll do the Clippers. They've been hot. See, I think, but I think because the last time the Celtics played the Clippers in Los Angeles, when the Clippers were red hot, Celtics beat them by like 30 plus in LA. So I mean, the the Celtics, I think, first Western Conference teams for the most part are going to be good. But I think they're going to have such a a big win against the Nuggets, and they're going to have a good win against the Clippers, and then they're going to come back on a Monday against a a Pelicans team. That's not that great with Indiana on deck the following night on a back-to-back. And I think the Celtics are going to be looking forward forward to the Pacers more. They're going to have a letdown game against the Pelicans. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. But real quick before we go, one other thing about the Celtics. Do you think the Celtics, Maddie, need to add anything right now?
0: Um, I mean, it's too early to say because we don't know who's really going to be available at the tra- trade deadline.
1: I think, truthfully, well, I need like another big. That's, yeah, that's I was going to say maybe one more big. I think shooting, they're fine because Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench is good. Sam Hauser coming off the bench is a good spot up shooter. Maybe one more shooter would help, but it, it's not a necessity. I think the big man is more of a necessity. I agree with that. Yeah, go, go get a big who's serviceable. That's really all they need. Exactly. Hey, go get Blake Griffin. He's still a free agent, he's not playing. Exactly. <laughs> I'd take Blake Griffin as a third. Take him back, yeah. Anything else, Maddie, that you want to talk about? So I think I'm good. we're good on the Celtics, right? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So nothing else you want to talk about tonight? I'm great. Okay. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Legal Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Make sure to check out everything again at studentunisports.com, Whether you're a writer, podcaster, editor, or whatever you want to get into in the sports industry, make sure to contact Liam at liam at com for an email. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, now X, Instagram, TikTok, etc. We'll be back next week. Uh, we will have a guest coming on with us. In, actually, next week. We're going to have a guest coming on with us next week. Right. Uh, that is confirmed. So hopefully I don't jinx it and hopefully we'll be able to talk some uh, Red Sox baseball with him as we have in the past. But for Maddie B, on the other side, I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 257. Yes, sir.